Welcome to episode 78 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This episode, we hung out with the man, the legend, the myth, mostly mythical, Dan Petty. He's fantastic. We had so much fun with him at Epic Currents, and we finally got him to come up from his lovely home down a little bit south of here and uh, hang out with us. It was a lot of fun. But before we get into the show, a uh, couple notes. We just got back from New York City, where we did our second live we show. We literally just got off the plane when we were recording this. Yeah, about 10 minutes ago. Uh, we had our second live show and our first meetup. So those episodes will be coming out in the next couple weeks. Super fun. We recorded, what, seven episodes? Five episodes. Five episodes in three days it was fun it was great uh those episodes will be coming out soon we're definitely hoping to do more live events uh probably the next one here in san francisco fingers crossed so to keep up to date on that just follow us on twitter we're at design details fm on twitter or in our slack team at spec.fm slash slack of course we have two sponsors we want to thank for making this episode possible Back again is Icon Finder. They are the largest source of premium vector icons on the web. Get any icon you need for anything you're working on. There's over 665,000 icons in their library. Over 12,000 icon sets. So you can get a perfectly consistent icon set for whatever you're working on. Uh, Just going through their homepage, they have an incredible variety of icons. All different styles, uh, outlines, fills like photorealistic icons, uh, 3D, anything you're working on and you need icons for, go to Icon Finder and just search. They have a service called Icon Finder Pro. It gets you access to all 665,000 icons and it starts at just nine bucks a month, which is insane. And those icons are licensed for commercial projects. So if you're a freelancer, they're good to go. And 70% of that money is paid back out to the original icon designers. Which means people can actually make money doing this and like actually have a living. I've heard that they can make some pretty good money. Yep. So if you are an icon designer yourself, definitely be uploading those to Icon Finder. Make some extra money. Uh, If you just need icons for whatever you're working on, go to iconfinder.com. Their icons come in all different file formats, shapes and sizes. It's going to work with whatever you're working on. And it's a service that we love and are so happy to have them supporting the show. Use the promo code Design Details. That'll tell them that we sent you and get you 50% off your first month. Thanks once again to Icon Finder. Our second sponsor is, as usual, Dropbox. We got, we got the band back together, the Dropbox Icon Finder pairing. And uh, Dropbox is the simplest way to work the way you want. I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to say it. Whether you're sketching, coding, prototyping, Dropbox is with you throughout the entire design process. So they can cover everything. They work with any kind of file. You get to choose what kind of tools you're using. You, you get to choose how you take feedback. And uh, you can send large files to anyone really fast and get that feedback with comments right in line. And it allows people to post all their thoughts in one central place around the file instead of having to use other tools to store that information and store that feedback and take it and load it and download their files. And it, they don't have to manage any of that. You just send them a link. They can view it in the web browser without having to wait for a large file to sync, which, I mean, PSDs can get huge, sketch files can get huge, illustrator files can get huge. They just see the preview right in line, and it's great. I mean, that's all they really need. They don't need to open the file and, like, mess with it. They give you the freedom to work on anything from anywhere with anyone you choose, and you can get started at Dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show. And with that, let's get into episode number 78 with Dan Petty. I'm Dan Petty. Um, I am a surfer, snowboarder, father of two beautiful girls, uh, husband, and uh, 
uh, I guess I'm a web designer and uh, <laughs> and a host of uh, Epicurrents, Epicurrents.com, which is uh, the non-conference that I run. And uh, yeah, I'm living in San Francisco, California, originally from Nashville, Tennessee, or actually, I always say that, but I'm actually an hour southeast of Nashville, Tullahoma, Tennessee, a um, little small town. And um, yeah, now I live in the American dream in San Francisco, <laughs> as long as I can, until right. the rent gets too expensive. How did you end up starting it with a snowboard event instead of a surf event? It was winter. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, it's it's super random. Like, I went. I usually go home. Uh, home for me is like I just said, uh, Tennessee. Went home and um, wanted to go snowboarding. Like it's harder for me now. Um, so at the time, I was I just went full time. I've been a freelancer for so long. I just went full time at uh, Lux Valet or it's now Lux and I was a creative director there. Um, and it was harder. I missed the uh the just the opportunities to go surf anytime I want, snowboard anytime I want, um, because I was a freelancer. So now as a full time, it was harder to to get that time off, you know, during the week. So not only that, but I couldn't go on the weekends because, you know, I dedicate that time to my family. I don't know. I had to think of an excuse, honestly, this is seriously how it happened. An excuse to go snowboarding with just a handful of people. So I was like, I was hitting up, uh, you know, Mark Hemian, uh, Josh Hemsley, Tobias. Um, and I was just like, Hey guys, you know, Tobias Van Schneider. Yeah. Van Schneider. Sorry. Tobias. Actually. Tobias. Yeah. Tobias. Um, Van Schneider. Just hitting them up, I'm like, hey, let's go snowboarding in Tahoe and just hang out. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to hear more of their stories. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I, I love startup stuff. I love, I, I'm excited about it. I like to do my own things, even though I was full time somewhere. Um, and I just kind of wanted that fire back. You know, like I, I was missing that. So decided to start this, and uh, literally, uh, so probably a couple days before Christmas, I did the site really quick, launched it, and. Um, because they, they were like, oh, we should get more people. I was like, yeah, let's do that. And it just started out, you know, five people, then 10, then 15, and then we ended up with 51 people, um, and then sponsors and everything. Like, it, it just ended up being a really good time. And I honestly didn't think I would turn it into anything, but people had such a good time, and I did myself. I was like, man, I got to try this again. So that's why I we went to Hawaii. Which was pretty rad. Well, thank you. You guys were there. <laughs> I sat on the back porch and wrote about mentorship. That was like most of my trip. But it was good, right? You're in Hawaii. It was great. So today, is there is there such thing as today in the podcast world? It's a week ago today. A week ago today, <laughs> <laughs> I launched Epicurrence.com, the new one for uh, Epicurrence number three. So this one's going to be in Park City, Utah. It's going to be fun. We've got the houses right on the slopes and uh, going to try to get... I think 60 to 65 people this time. Um, in Hawaii, we had 71 total of actual attendees. We actually had more people that in the houses, but I'm um, trying to get 60 to 65. I think it's a good number. Yeah, we're going to snowboard again. Go snowboarding, skiing. It's going to be the perfect season. I got a good feeling about it. You guys are going to be there. Yeah. This is one I could be really stoked for because I <laughs> love snowboarding. I have maybe a tougher question. How do you pick the people that go to Epic Currents? Because... And maybe We've got a lot of questions about this. And maybe tangentially... People want advice on applying. Why is it a small event? Relatively small. 
I so I've done two of these so far, and I still don't really know the answer to that question because I get asked it a lot. But I would say I try to pick the people from what I can understand of them online, um, or if I know them, or if they're referred by someone who would make the most of the event. Like there's a lot of people that want to come, right? And just kind of hang out, but that's not what it's about. Like it's about making relationships, uh, pushing them further, um, you know, asking questions, just growing. Like I want to, I want to, I want to people to come that I can see like on their dribble profiles or whatever, that they're really trying really hard to do cool stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe they're not from out here, they're just getting started or, Maybe they're really successful, but they still, you know, want to push themselves further. Like I, I look for people like that. It's hard to find those people, especially when all you get is a Twitter handle, right? It's like because when people request invites, I just ask for, you know, their name and Twitter handle. That's it. Now on the new site, you can send a little bio or a little description of why you should come, which I highly, it's optional, but I highly recommend you do it because, you know, it just gets, that just lets me get to know you a little bit better. And, um, I'll understand while, why you are good, uh, good fit for this group. Um, and it's small just because for, for the, the, honestly, the main reason is I'm super uncomfortable with a lot of people. Uh, this hypercurrence is it's a it is a reflection of me and I, i'm the only one that's running this like it's it's a reflection of me i don't like to go to big conferences because i don't know where i fit in i'm a shy guy i like to keep to myself um i'll usually only go talk to people that i know in situations like that um unless i'm introduced to someone new when there's a lot of people so when there's smaller people and you're living together you're eating together and you're having like real fun, like you're snowboarding, maybe if you've never done it before, but you're trying it for the first, first time, you're gonna be stoked out of your mind. Even if you're terrible at it, like you're just so stoked on life. Um, that's where you make memories and, and lifelong relationships, in my opinion. Um, you just get more vulnerable around mm-hmm. people. Especially and, uh, people you've had like a lot of fun with previously. Like yeah. you feel much more connected to them. Absolutely. It's a real thing. And I think, I think you have to have small groups to do, to do that. And I think it's more powerful. So, um, honestly, it was no intention to, for it to work out that way. It just happened to work out that way. And since it works, I'm going to keep it small. It's a good plan. I like it. Jessica Collier, uh, and Dan Mall both wrote pieces about this. You mentioned it in your Epicurance piece that you posted today, which is a week ago today. And Donovan Bass brought it up. Donovan Bass, maybe, uh, brought it up actually at Epicurrence, talking about racial and gender diversity. Yeah, it's diversity is hard. And I, I, I figured it out how hard it was when I did Tahoe. I just wasn't even thinking about it. I was just, I literally was just inviting my friends and then some of their friends. And I actually asked, I asked a lot of people, actually asked probably five more women that showed up. I think only... I want to say like six or eight women showed up to the first one. There's 51 people, but I actually invited like five other ones, but they said no because I don't know, maybe they didn't know who I am or what was going on. I mean, rightfully so. I don't know. Why would you go live, you know, with, with 50 random people? 
no one really said anything till at the last night. And then we had this really great conversation about uh, diversity. Why is there not more women um, or, or more a, a broader racial span? Um, and we just all kind of talked about that together. Um, and then, so I purposely in Hawaii for the Hawaii event, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's do this. I'm going to try to invite a broader racial span. Um, I'm going to try to invite more women and, you know, be conscious about this effort and, and just see what happens. Right. I don't know the right formula to do this. I don't hire people. I, I don't do any of that stuff. So I'm just going to, I will see how this happens. And so actually invited, you know, invited a lot of people. A lot of people said no, um, they couldn't make it. I think I ended up, so we ended up with, I want to say 12, yeah, so 12 or 13 women, uh, plus some of the extras that were there. I actually invited about 20 women. That's that's of the main attendees. Some of the some of the people who came were sponsors as well. Yeah, some were sponsors. But I'm talking main attendees, and so I invited 20. 12 showed and said yes. So, but no one like, I mean, no one was bashing the event for diversity, you know, for like lack of women. But no one actually asked either if I invited more. Or people said yes or no. So that I mean. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I still haven't figured out the solution. Like the, one of the suggestions was you should invite more. If you're going to invite 50 men, invite a hundred women. Is that the answer? I don't know. Um, I'm going to try some things for this next event and see what happens. I actually am going to try. Um, I'm at least going to try, if I'm going to invite 50 men, I want to try to invite 50, 50 women too. And I'm going to try to broaden that racial span to to the best i can that's what donovan got up on stage and talked that's about. what donovan we were talking about, about. Uh, gender diversity but not so much about racial diversity yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so donovan got got up and talked about that he was the one um black person there and i'm trying to think of who else i invited I invited jared Rondu. Mm-hmm. um he was originally supposed to be one of our live show yeah, yes. he yeah he purchased his ticket and everything. I had to mm-hmm. refund him, but hopefully comes to the next one. And uh, I don't know, it's 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 tough. Were you surprised that it became sort of the focal point of this? It, past, it was a big topic around midweek, right? It became kind of the topic. Yeah i I was surprised that I was surprised that it became such a a focal point. But I'm I'm glad it did because it's going to push me even further. And I hope that it pushes other people further. Like we, the people there were like the leaders of the space, right? They're the people that are going to be in the room, hiring these people, doing these interviews, leading that conversation. So it's good that this stuff came up. I want to say like just a few days prior, I sent all the women uh, or some of the women um, an email. I was like, Hey, would you, would you be up for doing a women's panel? It's like seven or eight of them. It was like seven or eight of them. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I, I just felt like there needed to be some discussion. I didn't give them a topic. I just wanted to create a women's panel to kind of see where that went and hope that the conversation would come up. But I didn't know that would be the focal point, but I'm glad it turned out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was heavy. Like people, you could see some of the people in the room were like, Whoa, I'm in Hawaii. Like, why are we talking about this stuff? You know, <laughs> but that stuff has to be talked about, and we've we've got to figure out a solution to get more women in the tech space, a broader racial span, and we just got to figure that out. Like, I I don't have the answers. Uh, a lot of us don't have the answers, but it's it's just something we got to figure out. 
we got to put it on the on the on the front runner. Like we have to. Totally. That's that's actually something we've experienced uh, here when we were sending out a bunch of invites at first. Uh, the only people who turned us down were women, specifically. Like they're like, I don't feel like I have anything to say. Yeah. Which is a really weird place to be in. It's like, why I'm inviting you because I think you really do, but I mean, I can't force you. That's just true. I'm not interested in it, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And like the, the the people that show up at Epic Currents, like you know, there's. I get honestly, there's thousands of invite requests. Seventy-one people showed up. I probably invited close to 150 people. A lot of people say no. A lot of people can't. You know, uh, it's a week off of work. That's tough. It's also not cheap necessarily. It's not cheap either. Um, and it gets better when there's people who like sponsor your flights. Everything, <laughs> yes. which is amazing. But GoSolar.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that I just invited those 70 people and that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, there's no excuse. Like, we've, we've got to do better. Can you share some of the ideas you're thinking for, for next time specifically to change some of that? Sure, yeah. So um, I haven't started this process yet. I'm still just now taking invite requests. Yeah, you opened them up today? They opened up silently today. I launched the site, but yeah. I didn't tell anyone. So I'm going to announce it in the morning. Um, a week ago. A week ago. <laughs> a week ago tomorrow morning. Yep. Um, by the way, Rally Interactive uh, helped design and build that. So and good. It's so good. Those guys are just nuts. Ben's work is insane. He's so good. He's beautiful. I love that guy. Yeah. Ben Klein. I. We've been asked to mention people's full names, so I, I'm being Ben Klein at Yo Klein on Twitter. Um, what were we talking about? Some of the strategies for yeah, next so, time. I think I've already got this kind of sheet spread out of people that I want to invite. You know, there's just a good spectrum of, of different types of people. And I'm going to try my best to, um, especially on a gender divide, invite, you know, the same amount of men and women and see what happens. And starting there, because there's a lot that goes on in the invite process, um, actually takes up, up, up until the event, I'm still getting people to come, you know, um, or adding more people. So I'll start by inviting the same number of people, see what happens. You know, is there still more men or are, are the exact number of men and women, you know, accepting the requests now that people are starting to get familiar with Epic I don't know. I'm going to start with there, see what happens. I might have to end up inviting a hundred women. And again, there's only going to be 60 people there. So I'm, Hopefully everyone says, you know, or at least half says no, so I think it work. <laughs> but I don't know. I have to figure that out. That's my first strategy. Another strategy is asking people. Mike Davidson at Twitter actually um, sent me an email that was really good. Had a bunch of uh, people that I should invite. So I, I appreciate references like that. So if there's anyone out there that you know that should come, would be a good fit, you know, like snowboarding or wants to try snowboarding or skiing even. Um, What's skiing? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Ask the rally guys. That's all they do. Who even does that? <laughs> Yo Klein. Yo Klein. Um, yeah, please, please let me know. And if you have any suggestions on how to make the diversity, you know, make a better gender divide, like I need help. I think we all do. At Dan Petty on Twitter. At Dan, two ends. 
That's a funny story, by the is, way. Is your first name Daniel with two N's? No. What's the two N story? We can diver- um, diverge. Two N story. I'll make it quick. When I was in school, I had to get a domain. Daniel Petty. First of all, I don't like saying Daniel. Uh, it just always bothered me when I was growing up. I love my name. Thank you, mom. But uh, I just, I don't know. Don't I, be petty about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the 30th time I made that joke to you. <laughs> um, so I couldn't get danielpetty.com. So my grandpa always called me Dan, but when he wrote, uh, wrote it, he would always write it in cursive and always looked like he would say Dan with two ends. I always thought it was cool. So I ended up just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to take that. It's going to be cool anyways. I don't know any Dan's with two ends. It's shorter. It's cooler. I'm supposed to be a grown up now. Like, <laughs> let's do this. So got danpaid.com uh, cause it was available and super random. This is how I'm not a smart person. This is how dumb I am. I later on realized I own danielpetty.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even, what yeah, a process. <laughs> Turned out great. Like I, I do love Dan with two ends. Um, but it was honestly, it was more of a random thing, kind of honor to my grandpa and uh, a branding thing, really. Your kids have pretty unique names too. Yeah, dude. I like to come up with unique names. They're it's, definitely it's unique. Fun. It's so fun. My uh, oldest daughter is Waimea. Uh, my wife and I honeymooned in Kauai when we got married and fell in love with Waimea Canyon. So we named her. And I just love surfing in Hawaii, obviously. Uh, Waimea Bay is one of the best surf spots in the world. So oldest daughter's name is Waimea. Then our youngest daughter is September. September is just a very important month to us and our family. So Cool. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah, I think so. Wasn't she born like early October? She was born three weeks Four weeks before, no, three weeks before Epicurrence. Okay, so, so it was September. Yeah, it was September. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, that was tough. So funny funny thing, before Tahoe, um, right before the event, I was moving, which is, it's tough stuff. You know, moving to a new home, especially when you have a family. So right when I got done moving, like I threw my back out and everything. Then I had to go do Tahoe, my first conference. It was wild. It was crazy. Um, and then for Hawaii, you know, had a, had a brand new baby. <laughs> wasn't getting any sleep, you know, and then travel all the way to Hawaii. But what's going to happen in January? Dude, we got to do something. I don't know. <laughs> Some crazy Something's to throw you off. Something's got to go down. <laughs> got to do something cool. So among all of these conferences, the one thing that blows my mind is you're not making money on this. You personally. Let's talk a little about working for how, free. How, how can this be your like day job? Because this is what you're working on right now. Yes, I am full-time up occurrence that makes no money. Uh, no, like I, I'm here where I am today because I work for free a lot. I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this. I, yeah, I, I love to work for free. I mean, I think working for money, first of all, money isn't everything. I think relationships are more powerful than uh, the money any day. I'd partially agree with that. Partially. Hey, dude, I'll take that. The, the relationships I've made out here have been far more meaningful than my paychecks have been. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, buddy. I assume you're referring to me. Specifically <laughs> not you. Shoot. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I got started. I went to design school. You work for free in design school. You actually pay 
to work. You do a lot of work in design school. What, um, what school did you go to? I went to O'Moore College of Design in Franklin, Tennessee. It's a small private design school. Um, they only allow 100 students a year, or at least did at the time. And I had the same five people in all my classes every semester. So it was like this nice like little challenge the entire time. It was it was sweet. All of our teachers were like real world designers. Like one of my teachers was the creative director at MTV. Wow. Um, she would Skype That's in awesome. or fly in or whatever. Um, and it was super cool. She got me a lot of work later on. But um, yeah, I you know, you you do a lot of work for free in school. I worked in advertising for a while when I first got started. Lots of free pitch work. It was just ingrained into my mind that that's how you work. And so when I got started, I would reach out to my favorite companies and be like, hey, I don't like your website or I really like it, but would you like to see something else? No charge. I just want to show you some cool stuff. And if you hit the hit the right person, you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? And who doesn't like free ideas? But um I would just get legal. started that way. Legal doesn't like free ideas. Legal doesn't. <laughs> and, it, and by the way, if you're doing an interview and they ask you to do free work, that is not good. That's a different thing. That's a whole different thing. I'm yep. not talking about that kind of free work. If people ask you to redesign your product, that's a problem. Yes. Redesign and, their product, sorry. And also, you should have a job and be making money somehow. I'm not saying make zero dollars and do free work. I was working at American Eagle in the, in the mall. I was a sales guy and doing free work. But you know what? People see that work and then you get to do Nixon.com for, you know, I mean, I should not have done Nixon.com. And this this was well into my career already. So Nixon.com was about to launch and they did not like what they were about to launch, but they were going to launch it. I mean, you had to, you pay all this money, put it all in time. The site wasn't terrible um, and they were going to put it out. And I caught wind of that and I was like, look, I'm the biggest Nixon fan of all time. And I was like, hey, you can't do this. Like, let me do the week, go over the weekend, send you a comp, just see what you think. Send it to, to Anthony over there. He loved it, pitched it to uh, Chad, the CEO at the time, and they loved it. And then, like, two weeks later, I ended up doing the complete redesign of something that I'd been working on for quite, I mean, a really long time. And I was like, you guys don't even have to pay me anything. Just, this is awesome. Like, this is going to be good for me. You know, good for you, good for me. Like, just do this. Getting relationships. I love Nixon. Like, I, throw me some watches. I don't care. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need money for this. I already have other, you know, ways of making money. This is just fun for me. I was having fun. You know, ended up. Yeah, sure. I got twenty five something Nixon watches <laughs> and uh, a signboard by Rob Machado, fresh out of the water. Uh, but so many, so many resources. And referrals came from that. Like, it is ridiculous. I probably made another, I don't want to talk about money. (laughs) I made a lot of money for that just for working for free for two weeks uh, of my time. And I don't know. It's, there's a lot, I have a lot of stories like that. I did, I did, um, one of my teachers, um, the creative director uh, for MTV, she was, uh, then became the creative director at National Geographic. I did her uh, boyfriend at the time's website. He was a pro golfer. Did his quick little website, built it in Flash and everything. Just took a couple weeks of my time. I don't know, free time. And years later, I do tons of work for National Geographic because of that. Like we got in good with that relationship. Yeah, sure. It took years later, but 
man, that was like a year's salary for me when I was doing that Nat Geo work. That's all I did my first year of freelancing was I did one Google project and then a, uh, like this quick little, it was like two months of National Geographic and then I surfed the rest of the year and then met my wife. Ooh. I just took time off. Like <laughs> it was so good. Offer working for free just a couple of times. Like each is their own, but I, I highly recommend um, if you got the time, like, do some cool stuff that you're passionate about. Don't, I'm not saying go redesign everything, put it up on dribble, up one shot up on dribble. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about doing some real work that you don't really have to show off. Like I didn't show this stuff off to to anyone until the Nixon site was live. Like I didn't care. I just wanted to do it because I was passionate about it. And uh, you grow from that too. It's like a practice too. It's like when you play basketball, when you're a pro basketball player, you're going to practice. You know, or when you're trying to become pro, you're probably going to practice. You might not get paid to practice, but it's the same thing in a way. Why do you think people are so opposed to that? And the general opinion being like, you have a skill, you shouldn't give that away for free. You should be compensated for your time and energy and efforts. Like, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I don't honestly don't know where they get this mentality from. I think, I think the just the industry kind of sets that in. Like, you know, people are so set on pricing and like by the way I, I wrote a blog post about this and i get i got tons of hate mail from this like about people doing free work people wrote i've yes, read that one people I love wrote that one. blog post about me on how you should not listen to me and all this stuff it was so crazy like what how can someone i'm trying to i you're don't just, know you're telling your experience you're just telling my story like why are you bashing me like it's kind of cool i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like you know people are so set on oh well i'm gonna charge oh an hour and that's it. Take it or leave it. Sorry. That's not how things work in the real world. I mean, maybe for some people that are really good and they can do that, but not everyone is that good. Like, I mean, even me, I'm not that good. Like I charge. (laughs) We can argue about that later. (laughs) Yeah. No, I am a, I'm a hard worker and a lucky man. That's it. Right place at the right time. Would you say the right place is just knowing the right people? Yeah. Has a lot to do with that. Referrals are like, referrals are everything that's why i say they're worth more than money by far big time um but people people are set on oh i'm only gonna charge 150 dollars an hour i think we're taught that growing up i think the industry kind of sets that like everyone has a set salary for the year you get a raise at the end of the year if you're good right whatever i don't know i think i think like for example and i can only speak from my experience let me make that clear i charge differently every single project I rarely, I have a base and just for reference, we'll say I charge $8,000 a week. This is for reference. Google comes to me and be like, Hey Dan, we need you to do, um, I charge weekly by the way. That's a whole nother story. Uh, we need you to do this project. How much are you going to charge us? I'm like, all right, cool. 8K a week. That's my base. That's my starting point. They might laugh. They might say, whatever, we can't do that. Um, would you come down to 5K? There are a lot of people in this world that would say no. I would not come down 3K, still make $5,000 on a project for one one week. Again, these are just rough numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, some people will still say no to that. And I think, you know, if, if, if you really want to work for Google, that's one thing. I think doing the work is cool. I think you learn a lot from any project you're doing. I don't think money should keep you from doing fun, cool work you're passionate about. Now, if you don't want to do the work, yes. Do not take a big price uh, cut. This is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about doing work that you want to do, um, which is hopefully all the work that you're doing. That, that's a, 
strong it, stance. It's a strong stance, but hey, I'm going to stick with it. Okay. But if not, if you're not going to work for free, be flexible. Yeah, sure. Your your friends come to you. They want you to do a project. You don't have to do it for free. I don't know. Charge them a pizza. Something. Be flexible with your pricing. I mean, like I said, I've never done the same project for the same cost. Sometimes I'll charge more. Sometimes I'll charge less. Sometimes I'll do it for free. Yeah, if you want it. Or like with with sponsors we particularly want. Like we'll talk to them and get on their level because we want to work with them. Yeah, and you never know what it's it's going to turn into. Mm -hmm. It's been far better for us than anything else. That being said, that you are flexible and variable. I have two questions. One is how did you come up with a base price per project? Like was that just building upon experience or was there a formula behind it? And how did you think about that? And then the yeah. add-on is why do you charge weekly? Sure. So I've done a lot. Of, I've been a freelancer for I don't know, 10 plus years now. I've done a lot of trial and error. I've done everything every book says to do, every teacher says to do, every colleague says to do. You know, A lot of it is hourly, track your time. I think that's a waste of time, uh, personally. I don't think anyone can truthfully record their time and truthfully invoice it to the client when without be- lying at some level. <laughs> when it behooves you to not be like completely honest about it, why would you be? Like right. that, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard. And and not only are people, I'm not even saying people are lying to benefit themselves. I'm saying they're lying. I don't like to say lying. I say they're not telling the truth because they feel bad. Like you might actually work 10 hours this one day, but yeah, one, one hour of it was probably, you know, doing some inspiration research or a, a quick lunch. I love that you combine those two words. Let's talk about the <laughs> Inspiration. Um, Inspire search. Dude, it's a thing. Um, I forgot what we were saying. People feel bad for taking an hour to do this, an hour to. Yeah, eat so lunch. you charge less. So instead of charging your 10 hours, you'll charge just a normal eight because you're not supposed to work more than eight hours a day, according to the, the man. Old, the, the man. Yeah, whoever <laughs> says that. And you're only supposed to work nine to five. So if you work at seven or eight, like you don't count that. What are you talking? What are you doing? What, I mean, is that did, even work at that point? I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> you can't work outside of those hours. I mean, some people think that way. So they're not charging their full price. I don't know. That's why I don't charge hourly. It just, it doesn't feel good. It's not honest. A lot of times for me personally. And your costs aren't based on hourly. I don't even know how to charge hourly for what I do. It's so, so much easier to calculate per week. Yeah. So I do either weekly or project base. I always start weekly. If weekly gets too crazy, I'll I'll cut it down and do a project base. And those two work perfectly for me. I uh, actually rather do project base just because everyone knows what they're getting. Um, a lot of people don't like doing that because it's um, you never know what to expect. There's so many unknowns. But I always say that's because you're not managing it well. Which there's a, there's there's some tricks too. Like you gotta you gotta know how to manage it. it takes time, um, takes time from both sides, both parties. But it's not a bad philosophy to go by as project based. But weekly base, there's no issues with it. I, I can't think of any. And everyone knows what they're getting. If you if you throw on two more days, it's another week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like it's good. It's good for everybody. And it's 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 easy to be to be flexible with your costs at that point. You know, if you're, if you're eight K a week and, um, someone says to come down to six K a week, but it's a month long project, that's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's like, even if it goes down to 4K, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Also, one other thing, little secret, little tip. Um, when you're when you're doing freelance design, it is okay. It is okay to work on multiple projects at once and still charge weekly. This is a thing. It is okay. They haven't bought your entire week. They haven't bought your entire week. They're not even necessarily buying... I was about to do air quotes on the radio <laughs> on podcast. Uh, 40 hours. Be upfront with people. You know, treat yourself as an agency. Think about, I want to use Rally Interactive as an example. Um, do they work on one project at once? Maybe. Probably not because they're an agency. I know Wayno doesn't. They work on tons of, look how much stuff they. It's insane. Any day you go to jewel.com and you look <laughs> at popular, they have five shots up and they're all in the number five yep. slots. Yep. They do so much work. Like, Amazing work. Imagine if they only did one project at once and how do you do a business at that level? You can't. So you have to, as a freelancer, if there's any freelancers out there, treat yourself as an agency. I'm not saying call yourself, you know, spaceship.com or whatever, but use your use your name, whatever it could be whatever you want. But it's okay to work on multiple projects. You could work on two or three projects a week, charge, you know, five K each that's 15 grand in a week yeah but you probably do a lot of work that week but um it's okay treat yourself like an agency i think it's good i think that's how you make money freelancing for those that are scared to take uh to jump ship and try that it's been good for me it's been good for other people that tried it speaking of your freelance work every product i see before you mention that it's your work i know that it's your work I don't know if that's good or bad. Is that something that was by design or is it like the the way your brain works? There, There's well, stark black and white, bright color, and photos with drop shadows. Really awesome photos in all of them. You, you missed one thing. Did I miss one? Big type. Big type. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if I'd say it's on purpose. It's just my style. Like, is, is that what people hire you for? Yeah. I think that's what people hire me for. It's just something I've always done. Like it, you know, it's, it's. It's what I'm good at. It's what I feel comfortable with. Um, so I've been been doing it for so long. Like I think when people see that, yeah, some people are drawn to it and they they'll hire me for that. Um, it's it's somewhat simple, you know, still hard to do, but simple and kind of lasting. You know, you can update the fonts to fit whatever's going on. <laughs> photography is always awesome. Everyone loves always. photography. Um, you can still do white space with photography. So yeah, I think it's an endless style and. Um, just what just comes natural. Can I ask you one technical question that I've been meaning to ask you for like? I, I'm not a technical guy, but yeah, all of your photos are cut out. Do you do that manually, or do you have like a photography setup that you use? What do you mean they're cut out? Like you did the what was it KTM site? Yeah, and the That's motorcycle fun. is cut out and like off yeah. the grid. Did you like manually cut that out in like Photoshop or something? I did. Yeah, I love. I man, I love photography. I. Yeah, I I love Photoshop for those sketch people out there. Us, us. Of course, I'm talking to two sketch guys. <laughs> now, um, whatever sketch tool, is great. whatever tool it. you need to get the job done. I'm a huge Photoshop guy. I love it mainly because I love photography. I love to edit photos. Don't forget, I started back in the flash days, where in the grunge days, where you had to have crazy textures and brushes and like more noise needs more noise more noise <laughs> like yeah you do a gradient throw some noise on it you're good to go <laughs> yes one percent opacity yes <laughs> I, I honestly miss those days those days where you could do anything you want there were no grids there were no technical things you had to know even though you still don't today that's a whole nother topic 
but yeah, I, I cut out everything. I like to, I use a, a, a Wacom tablet. I use the pen tool all in Photoshop, cut it out. I like layers. Um, if you ever get one of my Photoshop files, I'm sorry. <laughs> they are not pretty. <laughs> um, I, I clean it up afterwards. Some people do it um, as they go. I do understand how they do it's that. Slow. I think that's a really like inspiring way, like thing for younger designers is like they feel like they have to do it like super perfectly or else they're not serious. No, mess it up. <laughs> the, the messier you get, happy mistakes are a real thing. Like I don't it's honestly I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for happy mistakes. Like it's like uh like Dan Bob Ross Petty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying. It's like that's why I miss those like grungy days and like advertising my advertising days when I literally had to make like 20 mini Cooper banners, like, you know, 300 by 250 banners. Were they glossy day. and noisy? Glossy, noisy, whatever you want to do. Like all kinds of crazy stuff. I had to make a, a 300 by 250 box cool. <laughs> uh, and you had to do so many of them a day. Like, I don't know. I miss those days where you had no time. You had to do a lot. And you could just do, just make them messy. Like that's my everyday. <laughs> yeah, no, it still is my everyday too. Yeah, messy PSDs are awesome, and mine are huge. Mine are like gigs. I've made some real messy PSDs. Yeah. Before we get away from freelancing and and even back to the pricing stuff, you have also found a third way of working for clients, and that is the equity model, right? Can, uh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I like to do this thing called investing by design and it's actually really easy to do. Well, you can be anywhere in the world. You don't have to be here in San Francisco, but if you are in San Francisco, I think you have an advantage. You know, there's a, there's a new startup every day. They raise tons of money. They might not always want to spend their money. You know, if you're, if you're the 5k a week guy for a startup who just raised, you know, 500k, that's a lot. That's a lot of money, you know, really fast for someone that's not going to be a part of their team. They're just going to do some quick designs and kind of run out, take their money. One way to still get that work, be stoked on it, feel like you're doing some good for yourself is to, instead of take your 5K a week, you instead ask for equity in the company. Just become a shareholder. Like like the employees there, they're probably making, you know, they might get a percent every year or something, or they might own a percent and invest, you know, a quarter every year, however it's played out. You as a freelancer actually has, have an advantage. A lot of these companies leave a little bit on the side, um, cause for the unknowns. And, um, if you're, you know, if you're willing to do a lot of free work, uh, or a lot of work with no money, you could take, sometimes you could get a quarter of a percent, a percent, sometimes two or three percent of these companies. Like it's crazy. Like these people Wasn't, are generous. <laughs> didn't someone do that at Facebook early on? Wasn't there like a designer who worked with them and took like a huge percentage or ended up being a huge percent? A uh, huge dollar I've, amount. I've I can't heard, remember. I've heard a story about someone that painted a mural and yeah, yeah. he took yep. like a tenth of a percent or something. The, the, which ends up being huge. That's billions of dollars. You can work for free <laughs> and do cool shit with it, right? Like <laughs> I mean, like even this is a little bit different, but uh, Path, there, the guy that they bought the domain from, uh, uh, this is the story I heard. Um, he got some equity instead of <laughs> money for the domain. I'm sure he got some money too. Classic but, Dave Morin move. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, he was probably charging a lot for that. Mm-hmm. I would assume domain, so. By the way, it's a good domain. So, do you have practical tips on 
on someone that's interested in doing that, one, how to mitigate risk and like pick companies that you actually think are going to have a return on that equity. And then second, how do you even start that conversation about how much to take? How much do you think about the risk or is it just companies you love? Yeah, it's tough, man. Like don't invest in a company you don't believe in or use. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm not a start market guy, but if I was, I would invest in companies that I used or wish I used, like a Tesla. I wish I had a Tesla. <laughs> Maybe do, do I? I don't know if I do or not. But I would invest in Tesla if I had money. Don't follow my investing. <laughs> this is not. Advice. This is not an investing <laughs> podcast. We are um, not licensed. I know nothing about it, uh, but I do know about investing in startups. Obviously, there's risk. I've I've lost I've lost a lot. Not a lot of money, but I guess you could say time. time. But as I was doing those projects, I was still doing paid projects. So um, I, I lost opportunity, I guess you could say. But it's, I've also... Opportunity cost is literally yeah, what it's no, called. It <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. But I've also gained a lot from, from doing this. And uh, not only, you know, financially, but um, again, more relationships. People hear that you are the guy that invests by design. And people like that. People love that in the Valley here. Like, I don't know, like so many people ask me to do that. And if you're talented and have worked on like really great products before and done well, and you still want to invest in their company, that's like a huge compliment to them. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Like, that's mm-hmm. huge. People love that. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just really cool. Like, you become part of the family of the company and you just, you feel good about, about the work you're doing. You're actually more invested in, at it in that time. Cause it's like, if you're getting paid 5k again, I think money is like, you're literally invested. Paper. Actually, it's not even paper anymore these days. You don't even see it. You never see your money. It's just like, you, yeah, it's nothing you even see. I mean, of course, you don't see your equity either, but... You're part of what, the team. The harder you work, yeah, you're part of the team. The harder you work, the better work you do, the more likelihood you're going to make 10 times what you could have made that, you know, that one or two weeks, you know? And it's like, I don't know. You just feel part of something. It's really fun. And the 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 risk... Um, there is risk there, but the reward is, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty yeah. powerful. And it sounds a little bit too, like you don't do any of these things exclusively. You're always balancing it with yeah, yeah. a way to make money by a paid project in the background. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, I mean, there might be a month go by where I only invest by design, you know, or, um, you know, I take time off or whatever it is. But, you know, obviously you make sure you're okay for the year. But when you're freelancing, if you're about to go freelance, it's not a scary thing. It's actually super fun, super exciting. One advice, key advice is key tips. (laughs) Told you, I'm not a smart person. (laughs) (laughs) Key tips is to, um, again, work on multiple projects at once because once you end one, you still have one going. And once you end that one, you probably already have two more. So Overlap. Overlap. Overlap is key. And uh, it makes freelance fun. And the number, like literally when, you, so when you're investing by design, you, you want to throw out a number or percentage, just throw it out. Obviously start high. 50%. <laughs> Straight <Why> faced. <laughs> How does 100% sound? Good? All right. I really like your company. Take it as a compliment. <laughs> I mean, you never know, right? Same with salary. That's a really hard thing to measure. Like, it's it a is. really tough thing to gauge. It really is. Just... Throw out a number you feel good about. What what's going to get you most stoked on doing the work? A million dollars. If it is, do it. <laughs> for that one in particular, it's sometimes a balance of people don't know how to measure what that amount should be, or they don't feel confident asking for that amount, or what that company can afford. 
or what that yeah it's like kind of those three things coming into play and like, like an agency is going to pay you less almost 100 percent of the time than a product company yeah oh for sure like that's you have to love the work then right and a lot of times the bigger the age i would say a lot of times the bigger the agency the smaller the paycheck mm-hmm. yeah totally the smaller the company the bigger the paycheck they're more invested in, in each person then yeah exactly yeah, smaller totally exactly I would say, like, if you're going to do some investing by design, I would say just an average. And this, this, this is again, this is just for me. Uh, I would say, like, I would, I would throw out like a one percent type of thing. Sometimes two. A lot of times it goes goes into 05 percent. Sometimes you know, a quarter of a percent. But it sounds tiny. But man, mm, it depends on what the quarter company percent is, of right? Facebook or Uber. Yeah. Whew. Oh my gosh, Airbnb. Lux, you'd be sitting yeah. on Kauai right now, <laughs> not in rainy San we would Francisco. Never see you again. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's true though. I feel like you got a love for this. I have a love for work. Yeah, I love what I do. I don't. When people ask what I do, I don't like to say I'm a designer though. I first say mm-hmm. you, you said know. surfer, snowboarder. Were the surfer said. actually said family first, but then no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. No, you no, said I said surfer. Yeah, you said we'll surfer, snowboarder, <laughs> surfer. Okay, <I> <laughs> Yeah. Two lovely Surfing's girls. on my mind because we've been talking about recently about it today, this morning. I would say surfing gets me most stoked on life. So like, and obviously my family and stuff like that. So, and snowboarding and I could say a few other things. Um, and then design. Like I do love my, what I do. Obviously I'm passionate about it, but I would much rather be a pro surfer. Much rather be a pro snowboarder. <laughs> Not lying about it. <laughs> would much rather just be able to hang out with my family. Or friends. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Work is work. It's hard. Mm -hmm. I do love it though. Awesome. Can't disagree with you there. So before we go, do you have any advice for young designers or people just getting started? Yes. So (laughs) I do have some advice. Um, I think first, first I want to say definitely follow opportunity. Like if you... Uh, and again, just speaking from my experience, if you look back at my career, I was not that this is good or bad, but I was never anywhere for a year. I just followed the next best opportunity that I could just to move as fast as I could. Um, I became a career director when I was 25. And just what does that mean to you? Well, that was like, so when you're in, when I was in school, like I always wanted to be first, I wanted to be an art director because I didn't think I'd be a career director because it was just like another step up. Creative director, creative director. <laughs> Um, was like kind of the top you could get before you like are the owner of a company. What, is, a what does that mean to you, creative director? Um, so creative director is basically you're you kind of you're kind of leading the design team, the creative team. You're doing all the hiring. You you're the go-to man if uh, someone needs. Hey, I need. Uh, I was thinking about doing this kind of idea. You're like, Bam, I got it. Yeah, let's do this. I know that guy. I know this guy. You're kind of the resource guy. You're a connections guy, and you're the idea guy, and you could do all the design that needs to be done. If anything need to happen, you're the guy. You're the guy that does the pitches, does all the talking. For the, yeah, you're kind of everything at that point for the design team. Um, obviously, design team is a unit. They work as one. Well, I hear a lot of people who they're the only designer at a company, usually an early company, and they just refer to themselves as creative director. So yeah. that, that's where I was going for No, Kelly. it's it's... To, honestly, today's world is kind of jaded. I don't know. I just call myself designer. Like, I'm, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I, you know, again, I come from 
you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I come from the, the, you know, back when there was big agencies and advertising mm-hmm. where creative director was the man. <laughs> like, you know? It seems to be just ill-defined these days. Like it doesn't yeah. mean as much. So it doesn't. That's it honestly why I doesn't. I don't think titles today are honestly useless. I don't even know what they mean. We have so many titles like of people that should be doing that work yet someone else has, I don't know. I, I, anyways, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, so I think... Um, Follow opportunity um, definitely is huge, and um, also think it's good good to know that um, you, for those that are starting out, like you don't have to be the smartest kid in the room. Like you don't you don't have to be smart at all. Really, you just have to be passionate about it, um, you know what you're doing. Like I, as you could probably tell from this podcast, I don't know too many fancy words. I stumble <laughs> and mumble a lot. Like I. I went to high school on a farm. There's chickens and cows in my school schoolyard. Like I, I don't know. I'm not the brightest kid in the world, but I do know what I am passionate about, and I think it got me really far, just because of that. And like, don't be intimidated. You don't have to be the the sales guy that has to do these amazing pitches. You know, your your work can speak for itself. You don't have to be the guy that does pages and pages of case studies with the most articulate words. Yeah, you don't have to be that guy. Like as someone that hires designers, I never look at that stuff. Like I don't look at your words. I look at your design. Like I could tell if you're a good designer or not. And if you know what you're doing or not, I like me, I don't even code. I don't know anything about code. I did flash back in the day, but that's ages ago. I don't code. I don't know my limits for web design. I like that. I don't know my limits. It makes me do crazier designs. And then I get pushback from developers. I actually love that. And I love to push back on them. (laughs) So don't think you have to know code. You have to know how to be a pitch man. You know, um, know all these, yeah, know all these fancy words. Know grids and all this crazy stuff. No, just know how to design and love what you're doing. I'm, I'm telling you, you're gonna be stoked and do good stuff. Cool, beautiful. Anything you want to plug before you go? Epicurrence.com. Oh, at Epicurrence on Twitter. I would try to spell it, but. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough. I do want to say thank you guys uh, for what you're doing for the community. I think it's huge. You guys are, I don't know, in my opinion, the best podcast out there. Did you guys win the .NET award? No, we didn't. No. Nope. We, uh, the, was it? The Web Ahead with Jen Simmons. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she won. She's been around forever. She's great. She's so good. Yeah. Well, I mean... You guys should have won, in my opinion. I appreciate uh, that. And I think a lot of other people in the industry think so, too. Like, I just want to say, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, you guys just started doing this not too long ago, and you're already, I don't know, blowing it up. It's crazy. Thanks for making it easy on um, us. So you guys win our Podcast of the Year Award. Epic Currents Podcast <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> for it. sure. And I hope you guys come to Epic Currents number three, Park City, Utah. We'd love to. Yep. Yep. Do another live show. Let's do yeah. it. That was done. Dude, that was part of my agreement for going to Hawaii. <laughs> you made me go to Hawaii. I was like, no, snowboarding, man. <laughs> made you go. Made you go. Nice. Made you yeah. go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. And thanks for coming on the show. Man, I'm so stoked for Epicurrence 3. If you aren't stoked for Epicurrence 3, I don't know what to say. If you are, go to epicurrence.com. The site's up. up. It's beautiful. It's so good. The rally people did it so well. Yep. We want to see you there. Brendan and I are going to try and be there. Uh, I'm going. I don't care if you're going. We'll be there. So go to epicurrence.com and sign up, of course. 
huge thanks to Dan for coming on and making all this this happen. Uh, before we go, though, two sponsors that made this episode possible. Huge thanks once again to Icon Finder. They are the largest source of premium icons on the web. Over 660,000 in their library. And they have a service called Icon Finder Pro, which gets you access to all of those for just 9 bucks a month. If you use the promo code Design Details, that'll tell them that we sent you and get you 50% off your first month. So whatever you're working on and you need icons, go to iconfinder.com. Dropbox, as you all know, it lets you work the way you want on any file, with any device, from wherever you are, and with anyone you choose. So you can just build more stuff, more more cool things, make whatever you want with all the people you want. It's fantastic. Why not do that? Thank you once again to Dropbox for sponsoring the show. Check them out at dropbox.com. We'll see you on Wednesday with Gene Ross. That's how you get inspired right there is injury, injuries. I mean, like 70 concussions, fractured skull, broken Dude. tailbone, broken legs, broken wrists. Like, Actually, yeah. That's pretty gnarly. I like beat the crap out of myself when I go after something. Like, And that's snowboarding? Or is that Not all snowboarding, in but in general. Dude, that's crazy. I've had a few, but nothing. I mean, not 17 concussions. That makes me feel like a joke. Like I've had like three or four. I mean, they've been pretty gnarly, you know, and just from, just from surfing. Like, I, although I've had a massive hole in my head before from surfing. I heard about that. Which is pretty nuts. For, um, for hitting your head on your board? Yeah. So like I, I'm a terrible surfer. Um, but there was a little time where I thought I was pretty good and I would try to do airs on the wave and which I can't do. <laughs> um, and I, so I tried to do one and the leash. So you wear a leash when you surf on your board connects to your foot and it got as long as it, as long as it can. And then it just, you know, came right back down straight on my head. I have a really sharp board, um, that has a sharp corner on the end and, uh, went straight into my scalp. Uh, my actual skin and hair was still, was actually stuck inside the board. Um, Ooh. and I was like, as soon as it did that, I was like, Oh man, that hurt, you know, whatever. Um, but then I, felt there's a huge hole in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the water. And my first instinct was actually to paddle back out and try to catch another wave. But I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Something's not right. Maybe, it, maybe, was that the brain damage talking? <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, I don't know. It wasn't even a good day. But uh, <laughs> I ended up just, yeah, so the blood just started coming down my face. And I was like, all right, this, this is crazy. Uh, I was more worried about sharks than my actual, you know, the hole in my head. at that head. point, you're chum. Yeah, basically. And everyone else is that's around me, which is not good. So um, I ended up walking in and then went to the shower right there, showered off and then drove home. It was like a 30 minute drive. I'm starting to get a little loopy by the time I get home. And I knock on my door. I texted my wife prior to arriving. I was like, hey, I want to knock on the door. You might get a little freaked out. I'm okay, but I hurt myself pretty bad, but I'm okay. Um, knocked on the door. She opened it and just flipped and we went straight to the ER. It was so big. Like they couldn't do stitches or anything. I just had to, you know, clean it, which is the worst pain in the world when like Epsom salt or whatever, whatever they put in there. It's the worst stinks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just had to have my head wrapped for quite some time. It was nuts.
That is not why I wear a beanie all the time. <laughs> that was my next question. So a lot of people ask that, but no. Why do you wear a beanie all the time? I don't have an answer for that. You just like beanies? I just do. Yeah. I don't know. 